the Chiefs' kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection. Here's the throw. It's cut off. Messi slides in safely, and the Royals take the lead. Bobby Wynn Jr. comes through. Welcome to the Power and Light Podcast, episode 20, and I am joined by Preston Graber. We did not expect to see Preston because of baseball, but for at least a month and a half, so this is great that he's here, but he's here, and I'm super excited. Preston, how are you doing, and how is baseball going? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. It's been too long. Um, Yeah, baseball is going great. Um, just ramping up college stuff, trying to get committed by third week of October and grinding fall ball out. Set your calendars. That's the commitment date. Are you going to pull out the hats and a full, like, uh, live stream and everything? Um, maybe I can do a hat selection for my friends, um, for the jokes, but not probably not a live stream. That would be really entertaining. All right, so NFL football is back. We saw college football this last week with week one and the week before that with week zero, but NFL football is back. Thursday night, Kansas City Chiefs facing the Detroit Lions. And while the story, the game itself is is a story, is a storyline, the biggest storyline for the Chiefs especially has got to be Chris Jones still not signing an extension and holding out, who will likely not play on Thursday night. But then on top of that, Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee the Tuesday. So Tuesday, and that means they checked his ACL is fine, but he is questionable for the game. Chris Jones was waiting for quite possibly for the Nick Bosa deal to be done. And that just got done just a couple minutes ago. I have to ask with both of those players quite possibly out, who will we miss the most? I mean... I think it's got to be Travis Kelsey. There's no other tight end, tight end like him or receiver for that matter in the league. Him and Mahomes have just they just have that connection that no one else has. So I think he'll be missed the most because we go down from Kelsey to Noah Gray and Blake Bell, who I mean Noah Gray is versatile and he's athletic, but I don't think that he can put up a hundred yard game within reason. And I think that those that we have on the D-line can not live up to Chris Jones' standards, but they can hold their own. Well, I'm guessing Brett Veach and Andy Reid are hoping that Noah Gray can learn under Travis Kelsey and then move into that tight end role for the rest of Patrick Mahomes' hopefully dynastic run. So going into this game, what do you think is the key for each team as we approach the first game of the season? Um, That's a good question. I would think... I think that... 
Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery are going to play a big factor in this game on Thursday night. But I think the Chiefs, I, I just don't see a way in which the Chiefs can lose this game. I mean, even with Kelsey and Jones out, like, you know, we're going to win. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So I guess a more specific question is like, who is the X factor? One player, just choose one player from each team that will make or break the team's game plan for over, I guess, overall the entire game. Um. Okay, for the Chiefs, it's got, I think, Jarek McKinnon. The factor that he plays in this game, if Kelsey's out, McKinnon's getting the ball a lot, you know, so I feel like he'll, he'll be there. And then on the lines, I'm going to say, I don't even know who their backup receivers are, so I'm going to say Sam Laporta just because he is a rookie tight end coming in, and I'm – Hoping that he, I mean, he'll be, he will be good. But like, I feel like he could be really, really good. Like he could be, I really don't want to say Kelsey level because that, that's just a disgrace. But like George Kittle level of player, TJ Hawkinson. So like, I think Laporte is going to be a big part because aside from Amon Ra, Jameer Gibbs is going to catch the ball a lot. And then Laporta will be their next target, I think. Yeah, Sam Laporta has the tape to quite possibly... He could be as good as some of those guys that you mentioned. And he's part of this draft class that the Lions brought in. And originally, this was a very controversial first-round draft class. Now, as it went through, it, it, it turned out being one of the best draft classes in all of the NFL as of right now, but it included Jameer Gibbs early in the first round when you usually don't take running backs, and then Jack Campbell a couple picks later. How much of an impact do you think they'll have there, and do you think that them taking Jameer Gibbs that early was a mistake? I mean, I would say them taking Gibbs that early was a mistake just because I feel like he would have been there in the second round when (laughs) they were up again. Uh, but I think he'll be, he'll have a great impact. I see him as like a Travis Etienne type player. Like he will be quick. He'll be explosive. He'll catch the ball and he'll score. Um, Jack Campbell seems like a wild card to me at this point. I haven't seen enough from him to say he's going to be like a great linebacker. So I think when they take him pick 16, I think, Whatever pick he was taking at was early. I, I feel like he would have been there at their next pick too. So it was really really confusing being at the draft and seeing that happen and not knowing why. Yeah, like you said, we were at the draft, both of us together, and it was kind of one of those moments where you put your hands on your head and you say, incredible player, nothing against him, but with the value, the way that running backs are valued today, it just doesn't make sense to take him that early. And he was taken at 12 Gibbs was taken at 12 and Campbell was at 18, I believe. And I think both of those guys, if they could have traded back and got, but if you see the reaction from the front office of the Detroit lions, when they drafted Gibbs, they were ecstatic because they believe he could be an incredible player. A lot of GMs and executives across the NFL believe he is the front runner 
to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he definitely has the pieces to do that. I, you have to look at the other running back taken, though, Bijan Robinson by the Falcons at, at eight, I believe. Who do you think has a bigger impact on their team, Gibbs or Robinson? It's going to be Robinson. I Gibbs will have a good impact, but the thing is the Lions are actually good. Like, so, and they have David Montgomery. So I look at Bijan Robinson and think that guy's going to get 1,500 all-purpose yards, 10 touchdowns, because there's no trust in Ritter. They have London and Pitts, but London and Pitts last year got like three touchdowns and zero touchdowns. So where are your touchdowns coming from if it's not the running game? And I think both running backs it just exemplify what what GMs want in their running backs now. They want strong guys who can get, catch the ball out of the backfield. And Gibbs, I would say, is the better receiver, but they both can do that. And I think they both yes. really show that. So let's move back to the Chiefs, and we're going to talk about the whole season now. We're not going to just talk about this one game. Looking at the schedule, you guys can go pull up the schedule online if you want. I don't have time to read all the way through it. But is there a game that really sticks out to you pre-bye week? I believe our bye week is week 9 or week 10. Pre-bye week, is there a game that really sticks out to you that you think will be in a very entertaining game? Yeah, so our bye week's week 10. I'm going to go with the game right before the bye week in week nine, when we play the Dolphins in, I believe it's Frankfurt, Germany. Um, it's an 8.30 a.m. game. Uh, I, th- I think that's going to be a very entertaining game. Tyreek Hill, and it's t- we're technically at home, even though we're in Germany. But Germany has, like, the largest Chiefs fan base ever like i mean kansas city and germany is probably really close in fan bases for the chiefs so we have a huge fan base over there um so i think them watching tyreek hill and on the dolphins and it's going to be a very competitive game back and forth i i'm interested to see where the chiefs defense is at that point with cornerbacks and if we can contain tyreek hill and jalen waddle so I'm not saying that's a win by any means, but it will be a very entertaining game to watch. That's true. And just because of the two track teams, I mean, you can call Miami a track team, but just the two very high-powered offenses on both sides. And like you said, we're forfeiting, kind of, we're forfeiting a home game to go play in Germany. And that just shows you how big of a deal the German population, how much they mean to us as Kansas City Chiefs fans. They really do care about that demographic because they are legitimate Chiefs fans they're bringing in revenue and as we expand our brand not only in Mexico but also in Germany there are Chiefs fans internationally and when we have the best player in the sport it's not super hard to get your attention and to have you cheer for us so I think this is a great marketing plan and it's totally worth giving up a home game I personally have to go to the fourth, the week four matchup that we have. It's Sunday night football, and it's in New York against Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Now, we don't know what Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are going to look like. There's a lot of hype behind them, but just like Deion Sanders, we don't know until it happens. And so I have to ask you, what 
How do you think that game goes down? And do you think the Jets have a chance to pull off an upset? Do I think the Jets have a chance to pull off an upset? No, not that early. It's too early. Rodgers played like a quarter in the preseason, and that was in our last game. I just haven't seen enough from them yet. I haven't seen enough from Rodgers with Garrett Wilson yet to say that I trust them. All right, so moving on to the second half of the season post-bye week, we face three very prominent teams in the NFL right now, the Eagles, the Bills, and the Bengals, and that sounds pretty scary, except for we face all three of those teams at home, and I think that really does mean something, and I think that's going to be a big part of what our record looks like at the end of the season as tiebreakers start to come in to fruition. But I have to ask between those three games or throw a wild card in here and choose a different game, which one excites you the most and which one concerns you the most? Um, I think the game that excites me the most is probably, I want to say the Bengals on New Year's Eve but that's too concerning to me. So I'm going to go with the Eagles after the bye week because Andy Reid's so good after bye weeks. It's against his former team. It's against the team that we beat in the Super Bowl. It There's just so many things that add up here to make it a good game. And I think that if both teams are performing at their full, it's going to be a really high-scoring, entertaining game. And what else could you hope for on Monday Night Football? Yeah, it's a good and point. And then... I'm okay. The last two weeks of the season really concerned me versus the Bengals at home on New Year's Eve. uh, It's no gimme playing the Bengals. They somehow always find a way. And then at the Chargers is to end the season. I don't think that's a game we should sleep on. I think it's definitely a game that we could easily lose, even though Mahomes doesn't lose on the road. He doesn't lose in division. I th- I think that's one we should look out for coming off of a big game where everyone mentally is going to be just exhausted after playing the Bengals on New Year's Eve. I think going and playing at the Chargers after that could be a could be an upset alert. Well, best case scenario, the Chargers do win on a day that we rest all of our starters. I think that's the best case scenario because that means we have Correct. the first first seed now. I have my answer, and I would say the question is, what game will have the most national attention? We can look at the entire schedule. And obviously the first game of the season always is a big deal, but I, you just mentioned it. I think that Bengals game at home, New Year's Eve, I know it's in the middle of the day, but I have a feeling that it's going to have a lot of playoff implications and that people will want to watch it. And it quite, it it could be the game for the number one seed so i think that will give the chiefs the most national attention which game on the Chiefs' schedule will have the most national attention this year i i mean i think national attention is probably going to be against the jets in week four on sunday night football people will still be hyped for the jets at that point because they can't have lost too many games by then and it will just be Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes on Sunday night football, which we haven't seen Aaron Rodgers play Patrick Mahomes yet because Rodgers got hurt 
when they were supposed to face off, if I remember correctly. Yes, that is correct. And it was, and then that game was in Arrowhead, and or yeah, they have both. They have, we have, we faced them twice since Patrick Mahomes came in the league, and once was in Arrowhead, and Mahomes was injured, and Rodgers threw a game-winning touchdown to Aaron Jones in the corner of the right end zone, yes, uh, right side of the end zone. Yeah, that one hurt. And then and that was part of the three games that Mahomes was injured after he got injured at the at the Denver Broncos game when he dislocated his kneecap or something. And that was the one game we lost. But aside aside the Jets and the Bengals, I think it's obvious, we already kind of mentioned it, that Eagles game is going to be, that one's going to get the most national attention. It's Monday Night Football against, it's a Super Bowl rematch. Legitimately, there's no other choice except for that, especially coming out of a bye week, especially if both teams are 10-0. Yes. If both teams are 10-0, that game might break records for regular season. Is there anything looking far into the future that you can, I, I don't know, analyze or any prediction for that game? Do you think we're both 10-0 going into that game? Um, I think the Chiefs will lose one before then, so I think we'd be 8-1 and one going into that game. I couldn't tell you which one. Um, I think it'd be a toss-up between the Dolphins game and maybe this Lions game that we play on Thursday night. Um, and I haven't looked at the Eagles schedule, but I know that they play the Cowboys here early. So I would think that the Eagles will be, so that'd be what, six and, no, seven and two by the time we play them. But yeah, coming off of a bye week, we're, it's going to have so much national media attention because you're going to have two weeks to talk about it for the Chiefs. Chiefs fans aren't going to have anything else to talk about. And words gonna get around. You should have just answered no to my question. My math skills are just not what they used to be. It, we will only have played nine games, <laughs> like you said. Yes. So, so yeah. So the goal is, well, the goal is that the Eagles are beat up and injured going in that game. I don't want anybody to get injured, but I want the Chiefs to win every single game. So hopefully. But for national attention, I hope that the is nine and zero versus nine and zero coming out of a bye week. Let's go on to some fantasy football talk. Going into week one, we want to give you our fantasy team of the week, and this is kind of we can take this. Each one of us kind of did it a different way, but I'm looking at it as a player to look out. He, they're a starter. They're not someone. They're not a sleeper, but they're someone who could explode. On ESPN, they have the boom or bust rankings. I would give their boom percentage super high because I think that they have a really good chance to explode. So here we go. One player at each position. If this person's available on your waiver wire, go pick them up and start them. If they're on your bench, start them because they have a very good chance to explode. So I'm going to start with. Minnesota quarterback Kirk Cousins and it's very simple I think why I chose this every quarterback has a chance to explode but he's facing Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay is one of the lowliest teams in the NFL this year as a projection so maybe they're good maybe they pick him off three times and I was completely wrong but I think Kirk Cousins could light it up especially with Justin Jefferson and that receiving corpse healthy on to the running backs I already we already talked about them, Detroit Lion running backs, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. I think both of them can have big days, not necessarily 
stellar days, running back one days, but between the two of them, they're going to score, I think, a lot of points just because of the limited options the Detroit Lions have besides Amon Ra. On to wide receiver, I'm going to go with DK Metcalf. He's facing the Seattle Seahawks are facing the Los Angeles Rams who have had some injury trouble in the secondary. And with that team and the accuracy of Geno, Geno Smith coming off basically the longest bye week of the year, I think that they'll have a great game plan for him. On to tight end, I have TJ Hawkinson, who is also on the Minnesota Vikings facing Tampa Bay. And for the exact same reasons, I think that anybody on Minnesota is a good option to start. In the flex, I have Rashad White facing Minnesota. He's on the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think that offense is very stagnant, and he's going to explode throughout the whole year, so keep an eye on him. The defense and kicker, I have the Ravens and Justin Tucker. They're facing Houston, and I think the Ravens are ready to show off their new shiny toys at receiver, and Lamar Jackson is ready to begin his quest to 6,000 yards. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think this is going to be a good game for them. And then my streaming pickup, if these guys are available in your league, go pick them up, and here's why. Deion Jackson in Indianapolis and Jamal Williams in New Orleans. First, both of these guys will be playing for the first three three weeks for Jamal Williams and four weeks for Deion Jackson because Deion Jackson will be the replacement for Jonathan Taylor, and then Jamal Williams is the replacement for Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is only out for three games, so Williams will have lots of value for these first three weeks. But after that, he's not going to have as much value, barring an injury from Alvin Kamara. Deion Jackson could have value beyond the four weeks, but that is just guaranteed. And I think not none of them have, neither of them have extreme talent, but they're going to get the ball because of the running back ones that are not playing. And the final reason you should pick up Jamal Williams, and this is even if you can't pick him up, go look at his picture. Because his picture on fantasy is hilarious. His picture every single year is incredible. So go pick up Jamal Williams, New Orleans, and go check out that picture. Preston, can you give me your fantasy team of the week? I sure can. Yeah, so I'm not going to be that guy. But if you have Lamar Jackson, you better be starting him. He's playing Houston. Houston's so bad. He's going to score a ton of points. But um, I'm going to go with Geno Smith. If Geno Smith is someone that you can trade for or pick up in, uh, if you have a very shallow league, um, I would go do that. He's playing the Rams. The Rams had an awful defense last year. And Geno Smith has Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And then they have Kenneth Walker out of the backfield. So I think he's going to put up a lot of points this week. And then at running back... I'm not going to say Austin Eckler, but I like Austin Eckler a lot against Miami. I think he'll do really, really good. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Alexander Madison on Minnesota. He's playing Tampa Bay. Madison performed really well last year when he started in place of Dalvin Cook. So I think that he's going to be a really good option there. And then at wide receiver, I, I was struggling here a bit. Um, I'm going to go with A.J. Brown. I don't think the Patriots have good enough cornerbacks to lock down both A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. And so he is someone I would look out for to put up 150 yards and two touchdowns this week. And then for tight end, tight end is a very difficult position this year in fantasy. Um, Lots of guys are getting hurt already at tight end. Um, So I would 
be stashing tight ends on bench that look like they could be nine point receivers each week because it's just going to be brutal once he gets to bye weeks. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Tyler Higby. He's playing Seattle. Their linebacker core is really young, and if Cooper comes out, there's no one else for Stafford to throw the ball to. So I I would go with Higby, and then for my flex, I I'm not, I'm going to stay away from the super top guys for now. I'm going to go ahead and say Christian Watson. I think that Christian Watson has a very big game for this first game of the year uh, with Jordan Love because Dobbs and um, it wasn't Watson, but their other receiver is questionable, so they won't have as many snaps. So I think Watson will boom. And then on defense, defense is a very hard position to fill i mean it's only like a five point difference top to bottom but that can in the end be the game i'm gonna say the saints defense against tennessee titans i don't like tennessee titans at all anything that they have it's not good they could be a lot better and then kicker i'm gonna just go out on a limb and say jake elliott with the eagles any kicker you have this week, I think, is going to put up a lot of points. I think defenses are going to be slow out the gates. So I think that if you have a projected seven to eight point kicker, you're, you'll be fine. No one else is going, really going to go crazy and score like 30 points as a kicker. And then sleepers. Yes. Okay. So sleepers, I'm going to say Devin Achain with Miami running back from Texas AM. He's a rookie this year. He's their number two currently because Raheem Mostert is out. So I, or blah, sorry, Jeff Wilson is on IR. So Mostert's their starter, Shane's uh, second. So I think that he will be a good option going down the stretch. Yeah, that's a good team. And I say to our listener, heed, heed this advice because me and Preston are in a league together and we're just spilling our ideals and what our our plans are for our own teams and we're in a league together so we're just sharing it so we're not just we're not just lying here these are legitimate ideas and thoughts that we're having now i do want to say for the more casual fantasy player when you look at defense and special teams and then the kicker the defense and special teams you want to look at the quarterback what quarterbacks are willing to throw more interceptions so I say Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. has a history of throwing. Dak Prescott. Yeah. And so whoever <laughs> is on the other side of the field, that's the defense you want. Because you can't, for special teams, you can't really project that a guy is going to return a touchdown because there's not a lot of those. You want to look at, for defense, who is the quarterback? Not necessarily the offense, but who is the quarterback? And then at kicker, you want to look at the offense of that team. So I said the Ravens are going to probably have an explosive day. So that's why I picked Justin Tucker. The Chiefs with Harrison Bucker is a good option. And like Preston said, Jake Elliott with the Eagles is, is a good option. So for the defense and special teams, look at the quarterback, not the offense. And with the kicker, look not just at the quarterback, but the entire offense. So that's just a little bit of advice going into this year of fantasy. Preston, do you have anything else to add or any advice for the more casual fantasy player this year? Um, yeah, I would just add that for those of you who drafted running backs high in the draft, go pick up their backup. Go pick up their second string running back. 
have him as a safety in case something happens to your top pick because you don't want to get stranded with not having anyone and having that backup there can save you come playoff time. Yep. I think that is great advice and I've utilized that in this year and in past years. So we're going to, we're going to pick the games for this week, the NFL games. And I want you, the listener to have the opportunity to pick alongside us in the link of the description of this episode, I'm going to have a link that you can click on and you can pick games throughout the entire year. We're going to have a leaderboard. We already have some people in there. You click on it, you pick the games each week, and you can actually pick every game right now if you want to. You want to go through the entire season, pick them, that's fine. And whoever is at the highest on the leaderboard will get a prize given by me. And that is a secret because I have, I have it kind of, I have an idea of what the prize is going to be, but it's really fun. It's a really great way uh, to share community. So send it on to your friends. We want anybody and everybody to click on that link and show off your football knowledge. Or if you have a lack of football knowledge, in your opinion, this is a great way to prove some people wrong out of just pure luck. So let's get into picking games. And I will say us picking the games on the show doesn't necessarily mean what we're going to pick on the fantasy games because we'll probably just forget. Um, but I'm guessing they'll be pretty similar. We're going to skip Kansas City game. We'll come back to that at the end. And we're going to start on Sunday with the 12 o'clock local time, 1 o'clock Eastern games. And Preston, who do you have in Carolina at Atlanta? Um, I have the Panthers. I don't think Bryce Young – oh, sorry. I don't think Desmond Ritter is prepared yet. That's a good point. We'll see. I'm not going to give a ton of analysis, but I I think Atlanta at home, even with Ritter not not doing great, I think I think um that receiving corpse is, is good with Kyle Pitts and Drake London. All right. The Bengals of Cincinnati going to Cleveland to face the Browns. Who do you have in that game? Um, I have the Cleveland Browns in this game. Really? I think that yes, I think that they will Take this game and run away with it. Does your pick change if Joe Burrow is healthy? No, I think that I, I, I'm just not high on the Bengals this year. Uh, I'm going with the Browns. All right, interesting pick. I, you know, I'm just going to stop making picks because you and me have gone different for two. So I'm just going to listen to you and then I'll go make my picks on ESPN later. Um, so I'm going to ask you the Jackson Jacksonville is heading over to rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis. Who do you have in that game? Um, yeah, I'm saying uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to lead Jacksonville to an easy win there. Tampa Bay Bucks at Minnesota Vikings. This game won't even be close. It's the Vikings. All right, Tennessee at New Orleans. This is an interesting one only because I I don't know much about the Saints defense aside from they have some good safeties. I'm going to go ahead and say New Orleans, though. I think Derek Carr is much better than Tannehill. Some good safeties, including former Chief Tyron Matthew. All right, on to the third to last 12 o'clock game. There's going to be a lot of 12 o'clock games. Uh, Central. 
which is our local time. The 49ers head to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. Who do you have in that one? I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh, interesting pick. 49ers. Give me a little yes. bit of analysis on that one. Okay. Um, I like Kenny Pickett a lot. There's too much unknown with Brock Purdy's health right now. Darnold could come in and just blow it. Or McCaffrey could just go off and they just hand the ball to him. But Pittsburgh's defense is top tier. Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Darnell Washington, and Pat Frymuth, and Najee Harris. They have five weapons on offense. So I'll take them. And they quite they might have had the best draft in all of the NFL. Now, the battle of I, mediocre, let's just call it that, the battle of mediocre, the Arizona Cardinals at the Washington Commanders. Who do you have in this game? I have the Washington Commanders in a big blowout. Yeah, because Arizona has a lot of issues. All right, the final 12 o'clock local game, Houston at Baltimore. Everyone should be choosing Baltimore here. This uh, for ESPN is at 3% chose Houston. I'm hoping those are just Houston fans that are homers, but they might be CJ Stroud fans. We'll see. All right. On to the afternoon slate. We have the Packers heading on to face Justin Fields in Chicago. I'm actually going to take Jordan Love and the Packers here. It's going to be an unpopular opinion, but I think their defense is good enough to withstand the Bears and Justin Fields' run game. But I wouldn't be surprised if Fields just goes off and it ends up being a close game and the Bears pull out with it. But I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and say the Green Bay Packers. There's a lot of hype behind Justin Fields right now, so I'm guessing that's why a lot of people are picking Chicago in that game. On to a AFC West divisional game. The Las Vegas Raiders are heading to Denver. What do you think happens in Sean Payton's first game with Russell Wilson? Yeah, so this is one of four in-division matchups of the weekend. Obviously, conference play starts a lot heavier later on um but i'm gonna take the raiders i don't think russell wilson and sean payton have what it takes yet um and they just keep losing receivers to injury every year so i'm just gonna take jimmy g he wins a lot it would just make sense all right on to philadelphia eagles at new england patriots Again, this has to be another blowout. Bill Belichick's not that good of a coach. Sirianni's much better. Eagles are a much better team. They're just better. There's no comparison. It's Tom Brady's homecoming if you get to watch that game. Uh, At the beginning of the season, or at the beginning of the game, I believe he's being honored as he gets his jersey or something retired. It's It's a big day for him. Miami at... Division foe Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, uh, I'm saying the Dolphins. I've never trusted the Chargers in games unless they're playing the Chiefs. Then for some reason they come in and win. But um, I'm going with the Dolphins. Like, I just see them as a much more dynamic team than the Chargers. And Justin Herbert hasn't proved he can win yet. 
NFC West battle between the LA Rams heading to Seattle. Yeah, this one's the Seahawks easily. Uh, I mean, cups hurt. <laughs> the Rams don't have any other offense. Sunday night football, the Dallas Cowboys facing the New York Giants. That's a good game, I think. Yeah, so this is going to be a good but boring game. No one likes watching the Giants on offense. It's it's terrible to watch. Um, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I mean, I like Daniel Jones. I like Saquon Barkley. But I don't think they have enough firepower on offense to take down the Cowboys. And Monday night football with all the hype behind Aaron Rodgers and the young New York Jets on their quest to win a championship in this very, very short window. In New York on 9-11, Buffalo Bills at New York Jets. The game of the week, in my opinion. Who wins this game? I think this is going to end up being the game of the year. Wow. Already, yes, week one. I think there's going to be 84 points put up, and I think the Jets are going to win by 17. Wow. Yeah, it could be. I mean, if they win by 17, I don't know if it'd be the game of the year, but with all that drama and it also being on 9-11, like that is such a – there's so much going on there that I think there's so much that could – like send it on to be the game of the year. We'll see. All right, real quick, I'm going to have you pick the top two ranked college games. So switch your mind to college real quick before we go to Chiefs. Number 20, Old Miss versus number 24, Tulane. This is really a coin flip. What do you have? Um, I've got Ole Miss. Ole Miss can put up more points than Tulane. Tulane's quarterback did look good this last week. I will give him that. He didn't uh, throw many incompletions, but I think that Ole Miss being a uh, – Power five school will just handle Tulane easily. It may be a low scoring affair, but I think Ole Miss comes away with it. Number 11, Texas lost last year 20 to 19 against Alabama, and all the hype is behind that game. This is the game of the week for college. Now, there's some drama with the bands. The bands, the Texas bands were seeded by Alabama in the upper level, upper bowl, this will be interesting. There's a lot of tension going on. Who do you think wins this game? I think it's Alabama. I don't like Quinn Ewers. I don't like anything like that. This Jalen Milrow kid from Alabama looks like he's going to be something special. Somehow they keep getting these quarterbacks that are like versatile and can run and throw and have cannons. So I'm going with Alabama by like 50. 15 to 22 anywhere in that range well thank you so much for listening to episode 20 we made it to 20 of the power and light podcast preston send us out we have no quote today because jude's not here we'll we'll figure it out next time but send us out with your chief score prediction just the score of thursday night football against the lions just the score not who's gonna win I mean, you can tell me that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got uh, the Chiefs winning 42 to 30.